And what is going on, everybody? This is LWE Lee Collins, and you're listening to the LWE Podcast. And man, it has been a short minute uh, since we've done one of these. Uh, we did a couple of evening drive sports shows uh, via the podcast, but um, it's been a while. And so uh, I've been wanting to get back into doing some more podcasts, uh, as few and far between as they might seem. Um, wanted to try to uh, find some more folks to talk to and and just, you know, shoot the breeze with. And, uh, and also some other ways to do, uh, to just add on to the podcast. Again, this is just something that, you know, I started during quarantine time, during COVID time of, of, of the early summer. And um, just, uh, I really enjoyed a lot of the episodes that I've gotten to record, especially with a lot of former football players been able to share with some friends and my kids and so it's it's been good it's been good and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh to talking to some more folks but today um as I record this this is a Friday here in October we are almost at the end of October and of course Fridays in the fall only mean one thing in the world of Lee Collins and that's Friday night football and that's Abbeville Panther football as being a longtime follower and supporter, alumni of Abbeville High School, um, Abbeville football on Friday nights, that's just been hand in hand. So I have been extremely grateful and thankful that during uh, the midst of a pandemic, during the opportunity where kids were able to get back involved in school, that we found a way for these kids to get out there and have some athletics Um not just in Abbeville, but in all these other schools in the state of South Carolina. And so it's been a, it's been a good deal. It's been a good thing. And I think it's been a good thing for the mental health, of a lot of our uh, school students and youth out there. So middle schoolers, high schoolers, especially elementary kids. I think, um, you know, my youngest Cassie, she really did miss a lot of interaction with her friends and the kids that she hung out with. And, and Caitlin did too. Chase is just, you know, he just hangs out with whoever he's pretty, he's pretty chill to everything. Um, but I figured since it was a Friday and, um, I'm sitting here kind of in that, um, that flux of waiting to go pick up children later. And so, um, I thought, man, it'd be cool just to kind of share some thoughts and stuff. Um, you know, Friday nights for me go back a long, long way as far as Friday night football and following the Abbeville Panthers. Um, and I'll, I'll admit that I was probably a late bloomer into getting into, um, supporting Abbeville Panther football. Um, my brother did play back in the eighties. Uh, he played JV, played varsity, uh, later on came back and did kind of a, a student teaching position at, uh, right middle and was able to coach to JV, uh, for one year and had some really good guys on that team that ended up going on to win the state championship in 1991 guys like Chuck Goodwin and uh, Neil Dawson and uh, just a lot of guys that you know I remember uh, back in the day who were super giants to me um, but yeah I, I kind of got into Abbeville football late in the game you know in the 80s um, it was definitely uh, you know not the kind of times that we have experienced here in the last decade um, had some great players just didn't really have a lot of great teams and with all due respect to those teams, you know, uh, it had been a while. You know, they won a uh, state championship in 1981. And um, it had just been a while since they had really kind of gotten back into um, being uh, a 
being a force in high school football. And it wasn't until the 90s that they kind of put themselves on the map and reemerged. And uh, Coach Dennis Botts coming in and, and basically turning everything around from what it had been um, for a few years. So to say all that, like I said, I was a late bloomer. Probably when I got in middle school, you know, I was uh, – able to um, to go to some football games. I remember going to some football games briefly when I was little. I re- I'm old enough to remember when they used to shoot a cannon off in Heights Stadium. That's right, an actual cannon every time there was a touchdown scored and how loud that bad boy was. So uh, that that's a little bit of showing my age right now, but I am old enough to remember that. Um, but my really, really specific memories early on of coming to Abbeville Panther football games centered around my dad. My dad, Buddy Collins, um, who was a president of the Booster Club and was a member of the Booster Club and did a lot of things for the Booster Club. Some of you that may listen to this that are old enough to remember the things that happened back in the 80s, you remember some of the, the big buttons and things that they used to do with the Booster Club and they used to have that, that would go with the ribbons and it's just one of those cool traditions that just kind of faded away and disappeared um, later on. But um, that was a big deal. And I remember my dad would be like working on those buttons and stuff and me helping make those buttons at home and we would help and stuff like that. And what, the, what happened was the cheerleaders would used to have these ribbons and they were these smaller ribbons um, that you know, would have like a picture of the Panther mascot or Panther and a mascot from the team who were playing and it would say crush the rebels or tame the tigers or whatever the case may be, but it'd be garnering a gold depending on home and away. And, and those things used to be really valuable. I, you know, I had a bunch of those things at one time. I don't know where they ended up, but I'm sure somebody out there probably has them. Um, but that was just one of the things that I remember that he had a hand in. Um, and he also had a hand in announcing, um, he began doing PA announcing uh, right there in, in the late 80s. And I don't necessarily remember the very first game he announced, but I remember um, hearing his voice for the first time. And I actually wasn't at a game. I was at home with my mom, and we went outside, and you could hear the PA uh, during the football game, and you can hear Daddy, you know, um, coming out <laughs> loud and clear. Um, so I remember, I remember him being, you know, being that voice that, you know, would holler out touchdown Panthers and, and, and all that good stuff. And so at some point or another, and I can't remember again, the specific game, but at some point or another, I started going up in the press box with him and I started going up in the press box to, to just to sit with him. But I also ended up going up there kind of helping out eventually as things would go along and um, I remember this is a little again aging the aging process of things for a lot of the kids that are listening and may listen to this some other point um, so we didn't have the big sound systems that we have now basically what we had was we had a microphone and we had the original pole speakers that were on the poles at Hyde Stadium and if you wanted to play any kind of music, you basically had to take the microphone and stick it 
right next to a, a jam box, which is with either the radio or a tape player. And I'll never forget that there was times my dad would play music and he would always, you know, stick the microphone right there. And so I ended up starting helping him do that. And that was kind of my first job when I started working in the press box. Um, and then it kind of evolved. And then I actually started started helping him spot. And so he would take his binoculars and then I would try to help him spot and, and stuff like that. And so not only did we do the varsity games, we started doing the JV games. And so, you know, I didn't do it every game, but I did it enough to where he trusted me enough to come up there and do that. As you, as we move along and get into high school, um, you know, 1990 comes around and things really change for, for Abbeville football. And they have a really, really special year they're putting together. And I remember going up into the press box and really kind of being a mainstay in there with my dad, helping out spotting and stuff like that. And um, Keith Hall used to be up in there with us. He used to keep the stats for the team. Uh, a lot of you may remember Keith, and he went on to uh, to help out with uh, WZLA radio and whatnot. And we certainly do miss him. Um, he passed a couple years ago. Um, but Keith Hall was up there, and Tony Southern also, someone who's passed. And uh, T- Keith and Tony were kind of, they were kind of like the, uh, the we call them the entertainment, but also the, the numbers guys. And so at the time, Tony had just recently opened up Abbeville Sporting Goods for the first time. And so really, that was kind of one of the original first press box crews that we had because um, Tony and Keith were up there. They helped do stats. I was helping spot for dad. And then, you know, whoever was running the clock at that time, I think uh, Charles Goodwin started coming in and running the clock not too long after that. But that original press box crew of, of Keith, Tony, and Daddy and myself, um, that was kind of our little nucleus there. And I remember 1990, we had some really, really big games there. And then, you know, you fast forward into 1991, and then that was really when things kind of took it up another notch. And um, I never will forget uh, being in the press box crew that, you know, we started doing some things a little bit differently. Daddy started letting me uh, bring some of my music up and started playing. So he would mix in some songs that I felt like would get the guys pumped up on the field at the time. Now, this is early 90s now. And then he would mix in his oldies and stuff. And so it was really cool because... um, you know, he kind of let me evolve in, in what I did to help him up there as he did a great job doing the PA. And the one thing I always say about my dad doing the PA that has always been kind of a measuring stick for me with any other PA guy that I've ever heard, um, you know, and this one thing that, you know, I'm very proud of, of Craig Gagnon and the job that he's done um, taking over my dad for my dad. And I'll, I'll tell a little bit about that in just a minute. But, um, you know, the job of the PA announcer is not to be a cheerleader. In my opinion, my dad was never uh, a cheerleader. My dad liked to have fun. He loved to announce a big play. He loved to announce a touchdown. But my dad always showed respect to the other side. He always made sure that he, um, esc- you know, exclamated or es- you know put a little exclamation point to the opposing team's big plays as well. If they had a big play or a big touchdown, he'd always touchdown Rebels. You know, he'd, he'd say whoever. Um, but he was 
very, very much a professional at what he did. He loved what he did. His voice just resonated. And, you know, he made you feel welcome there at Height Stadium. He made you feel a part of what was going on, whether it was making announcements, whether it was calling the game, whether it was announcing the homecoming or whatever the case may be. So that's one of the things that I really keep when I go around. And sadly, there's very few PA announcers now. A lot of PA announcers now, they treat it kind of more of a um, a side thing, more as something that is like, you know, like a profession or something that's serious. Um, you know, there, there are some that are very, very, you know, biased or heavy home favorite. Um, there are some that just don't do a good job of saying anything, can't get numbers right, don't have spotters. There's just a lot of stuff. And I'm a nitpicky person when it comes to that kind of stuff. I, I, I put a lot of a lot of pride in into that 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 position because you know like I said I grew up watching and listening to my dad and so to me you know the way he did it was the way it should have been done everywhere and it wasn't and that was fine but um anyway so that little press box crew of me and my dad and uh, Keith Hall and Tony Southern um we we had a lot of fun together we had a lot of fun so much fun that I remember that for the state championship game um, we all got in a van together and it was my, one of my friends, Jason Abel and Tim, my brother, we all got in the van and press box crew and we headed down to Swansea for the state championship game in 1991. And man, we had so much fun on that trip. We left real early in the day. We stopped and got something to eat. We ain't never been to Swansea before. Um, but we went down there and we just had such a good time. And not only having a good time, but watching the Abbeville just crush Swansea and win the state championship. And it had been 10 years since they won a state championship. And, you know, the, the excitement that was there, the crowd that was there, you know, that was when they had the, the state championship games at the high school. And to me, it really, it really was one of those great memories that, I, that I'll never forget. Plus the fact that I was in high school. So I've always said, if you if you were in high school, whenever there was any kind of state championship, man, you should treasure that because those are those are few and far between. Sometimes they're not easy to have, and you know, and I had a lot of uh, envy for a lot of these kids that came through, and there was multiple state championships there. Um, you know, some kids they went four years, and Abbeville won four straight championships. So you know that that class really had something to brag about, but. Um, 1991, you know, after going 0 and 10 or 0 and 11 in 1989 to winning a state championship two years later, I mean, it was everything. It was everything. And so I graduated in 94. So as I was a part of the press box crew on Friday nights, you know, I'd always get there early with my dad and get everything set up and all that good stuff. And as things changed and time changed, um, you know, it became, you know, something of a, of a, of a great passion for mine. Um, and then, you know, as fate would have it, as fate would have it, so to speak, um, we got into a situation where um, after we won the state championship in 1991, um, Shelly Reed at WZLA had came and talked to Wayne Stevenson, who uh, I went to church with at Southside, and asked Wayne about maybe doing the radio and that was when the radio broadcast was going to be starting in 1992 well I used to go and help Wayne out in the sound booth at Southside Baptist Church and sometimes I'd sit up there with him and sometimes I'd help run sound if he couldn't be there a certain day 
Uh, well, it was one Sunday in particular. Wayne just asked me, hey, I'm going to be doing this radio thing. Do you want to do color with me? And I was like, at the time, I was like, I had no clue what I was saying yes to. But I was like, I could be on the radio. Heck yes. So I said yes within a heartbeat. And neither one of us had done it before. Um, so my role in the press box kind of changed again. So again, going from just being someone who ran up there to, uh, to, to tell daddy I was okay and I was sitting with such and such, somebody run up there and take an announcement to help him, you know, sticking a microphone on the, on the jam box to play music and then, you know, being a spotter and then, and then moving into doing the radio in the press box, my role in that press box on Friday nights uh, kept evolving. And so in 1992, uh, Wayne and myself um, started uh, the, the radio broadcast there for WZLA. And we went to Belt and Honeypath, the very first game. And we had Roddy Gray, who had been working with the radio station prior. He came and him and Wayne actually did the very first game. I kind of helped spot for, for both of them. Uh, again, I had no idea what I was going to be doing. Um, and so we kind of leaned on Roddy and Roddy kind of helped us along the way. And he kind of was the one that kind of like, you know, stood behind us on the training wheels and then pushed off. And then uh, after that, uh, we were on our way. So the press box crew uh, evolved and grew uh, as Wayne and myself started doing the radio up there. So at that point, we had a full press box. And... Um, you know, so many great memories and games that um, not only did we get to call on the road, but also to call in Heights Stadium on a Friday night, um, getting there to the ballpark, getting everything set up. We started very basic. We had a little bag phone and a little uh, set up antenna that we'd have to hook up. And that was basically how we we did the, we did the games. I had these little small headphones and stuff. And I still have one of the original pictures from the first couple of years that I did it. And uh, I had found an NBC Sports hat at the jockey lot in Anderson. And I remember having it on my head and I would turn it around on my head backwards while I was doing the broadcast. Uh, and again, it was something that me and Wayne had to kind of grow together to do. We had to kind of learn to not talk over each other. We had to learn to kind of, you know, listen out, pay attention to things, you know. And, and ultimately what I, what I learned being a color commentator is that, you know, the biggest thing with doing it on the radio is you want to try to give the people that are listening at home as much of a description as you can because they're not there. Uh, now, there were some people that listened to us in the stands, but they wasn't there. Um, so I think it was Carol Sexton, I think, that Wayne told me one time. To say, he said, make sure that you paint a picture. Make sure that you, you tell what's going on because that's all they have. And so as we kept doing it, the years progressed and, and, and we got to have a really, really good chemistry and we knew each other well enough to kind of know when somebody else was fixing to say something and we could squeeze it in. And sometimes we had some really hard games to have to broadcast. We had some big blowouts. There were a couple of years where Abbeville was not very strong and we had to endure some blowouts and it really wasn't a lot you could say. Um, but, you know, in 1996, we were able to, to have the state championship in Height Stadium, which was the last year that the high schools hosted state championship games. And I'm not sure exactly how things are going to play out this year with COVID, but I almost wish they would go back and do that because, to me, that was just – that was something. Uh, crowd surrounding the field, 1996, press box was packed. 
Um, we were playing Allendale Fairfax. They had their radio crew in there. I remember Raymond Priester, the former Allendale player and former Clemson Tiger, was up there. Uh, he came up there. We got to meet him. Uh, but the Winter State Championship, and it was a shutout too. And uh, again, the 1996 team, you know. There's a lot of argument among players and coaches and things of that nature, but I mean they were just so dominant, and it was just fitting that they had a dominant state championship win. I mean, it, Allendale wasn't even in even in the neighborhood uh, of the Panthers that year, but I will never forget that because that was just an opportunity that we had to to have more memories, and we had a lot of great memories, um, a lot of great memories. One of my favorite press box memories is actually documented. Uh, even though you can't see what happens. Uh, in the year 2000, Abbeville had had this rivalry, rivalry with uh, Central Pageland, Pageland Central, if you, if you really hated them. And <laughs> uh, we finally, we had been on the road several years. We started playing them in the 90s, and we went down there in 1990, and it's the first time in a long time that they had played each other, and we played them in the playoffs. I think we lost six to nothing in that game and it was cold one of the coldest games I ever remember going to um because I think me and Wayne and, and and Jason we were all sitting together um in that game but we had played Paisen several times in the 90s and we just never could beat them we had a couple of really good shots we had a really good team in 98 um that had a good chance to beat them um and we just um we felt like if we if we could have you know, had a few plays here and there, you know, things would have changed. Um, but in 2000, I never will forget that game because we were at home. We finally, you know, had an opportunity to uh, to do something. And the first half of that game was was awful. I don't think we had – I don't even think we crossed the 50 that much. Uh, we, we had very little yardage. And, um, you know, it was tough because I think uh, Duran's Rapley had come in at quarterback for us um, due to an injury and so we found a way to get the ball moving and we made some plays in the second half and next thing you know we're going to overtime well in high school the overtime rules are pretty pretty simple it's a shootout you get four plays from the 10 yard line uh, to score um, you know they've modified it a little bit since then but that's basically still the same thing it's a shootout and so we got down there and it was our turn and uh, we needed a score and on the fourth down play, um, I never will forget Wayne's call on it. And, you know, very dramatic <laughs> call that he made. And and again, I have it on uh, I have it documented on YouTube somewhere. I can share it later. But um, when Lafayette Miller, God rest him, um, who's passed on from us, he got the handoff and he jumped over that pile. And, and, and man, the eruption of the crowd that night was unfreaking believable I believe, if I remember correct, and there was a lot going on in the press box. There was a lot of chaos in the press box. But I remember people running on the field. I don't know how quickly they got on the field, but I remember people running on the field because that was – we finally beat Paceland. We finally beat them sons of guns. I mean, we finally got that monkey off our back and, and, and finally beat them uh, and and we're able to, uh, to go on and play for a state championship. Um, that year and and man I'm telling you we were up there Wayne made the call and you can hear it on the call he gets excited Panthers win Panthers win then Charles Goodwin who was running the clock goes up and squeezes us 
squeezes us and starts hugging us and our antenna falls over. We start laughing. We go off the air briefly. We had to stop celebrating long enough to plug the antenna back in. And then we had to come back and wrap up the game. But that was probably one of my favorite, favorite all-time radio memories was that Paisley game. Because to finally beat that team and, you know, be able to get over that hump was was a huge deal. Huge deal. So uh, that was one of my favorite memories. But um, like I said, you know, we, we had a lot of other great games and memories in that in that press box part of radio crew and i did that for 18 years and um it's since uh, has evolved into a lot of great things and, and wayne's still doing the radio broadcast benji greason who helps him out who's been just a life savior for uh, for panther athletics in general but benji's done a great job of uh, keeping the spirit of things alive and him and wayne have done a great job um you know, doing the broadcast and expanding it out to what it is now and heard by so many people on the internet. Uh, we were kind of, we kind of started doing the internet early on when we were doing it. Wayne had had a hookup with it. Um, and we were able to get some people listening in some pretty far off places, but now it's, it's definitely expanded and it's a good thing. And so I'm happy to still be a part of the WZLA family with my sports show and, and helping Benji out when I can. And, um, but being a part of that radio crew, being up there with with you know with Keith and Tony and my dad, certainly um, certainly made for some great times and some great memories. Um, and then you know several years later, um, you know my dad um, my dad had a had a very, very bad setback physically, and he was uh, he was unable to uh, to carry on his duties doing the PA and it was tough for me because of the fact that I I wasn't doing radio anymore and then my dad wasn't going to be in the press box and it was tough it was, it was really a tough deal um, and it took me a while to kind of get over that but I remember that uh, Craig Gagnon and my dad had a conversation. Uh, Craig came over to to talk to to my dad, and there was a lot of discussion about what to do and who was going to do it. And you know, there really wasn't a lot of great options at the time, um, as far as people that we knew could do it because it is a big deal. It's a big, you know, it's a big responsibility, and you know, a lot of people out there listening, not only in the stands, but I mean, it's it's just. You know, my dad had pretty big shoes, Uh, if I can humbly say that. He he had really big shoes, and so we wanted to really make sure that 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 PA job was was important. So Craig came over and remember having a conversation with my dad, and Daddy kind of basically gave him his blessing. And and Craig has been doing the PA ever since, and he does a great job. And um, he's always, you know, Craig and my dad are a lot alike in a lot of ways. You know, they... They've always been very respectful to the opponent, very respectful and energetic when you needed to be um, for the certain situations that go on. Love messing around with the crowd, and my dad would get over the microphone and talk to somebody down in the stands, and I used to think, what are you doing? And then Craig does that too, so I thought that's really cool that they shared that quality. And um, You know, it's just, it's just uh, very, very, um, been very rewarding to, to hear him be able to kind of step in and one of the things that I 
was able to do was to get back up into the press box. I wasn't in the press box for for a little while after I um, after the radio deal ended, and you know, so getting back up there, you know, Craig wanted me to help him spot. He wanted me to help him do some music and stuff like that, and so here I was, full circle, going back up there, helping somebody do the PA, um, and, and then doing the same things I did with my dad. It was just Craig that I was helping. And so I kind of just, I guess I kind of inherited the press box um, kind of management position, if you want to call that. Uh, and that's what I still do today. I still help spot. Uh, I still help play music, make music for the for the guys to listen to and walk out to. Um, my dad would love to see how that thing has evolved. Uh, the Pl- Panther players didn't always walk down the steps. Uh, a lot of people think they have been doing that for 100 years, and they haven't. Um, but when they started doing that, and we started playing uh, the the serious, the Alan Parsons project, or as everybody calls it, Chicago Bulls music, that was when we first, first started doing it. And like, I think the, it was like the mid to late 2000s when we started doing that. And then um, it's kind of evolved from that with the Rick Flair and all that good stuff. And so being able to step up there and help Craig and then to step in. Craig's asked me a couple of times to step in and, and do PA when he hasn't been able to with his schedule. And I can tell you the very first time I remember doing that after he asked me, I was really nervous about it um, because, you know, my dad, I had watched my dad for a long time do that job. You know, my dad actually came over and, and did radio with me for some baseball games and stuff. And, and that was really a cool feeling to have that when I was with the radio, uh, with the radio team. But I knew there would probably be a time to come where I could probably help do the PA. I just didn't know if I was going to be really ready for it. And I never will forget when, when the first game was and, and when Craig asked me to do it, I was really nervous and I was, um, I was excited but I also was multitasking because now I had to, you know, do all the other stuff and play the music and, and, and all these things that, you know, and just trying to keep up with stuff. And, um, you know, I think one of the first people may have been one of the first people, but I remember I had a lot of compliments after that game from that. And that really made me feel good because, um, I wanted to honor my dad first and foremost. I wanted him to be proud I didn't want to be the third down guy because I hate that with a passion. It gets on my freaking nerves. Um, and again, I wanted to be as professional as I could as a PA announcer, very respectful to the other team, but also very encouraging and challenging to our home crowd as well as pumping up our guys and making sure that every big play had a had a little extra juice in it. Every big touchdown play had a little extra juice. Um, so... The few times that I've been able to do it, and I still do the PA for the JV team now, I enjoy it, and I, I love being able to uh, just to do it. Now we've got these new speakers finally, and really can fill out the sound in the stadium now. I know it sounds a little odd and off sitting in the home stands, but having those speakers, and I, I'm so thankful to uh, to Maggie Jameson and, and school district for getting that done because man, it just it makes it sound so good. It makes it sound like it did back in the 80s. Because not only could you hear, uh, you could hear the voice of Craig Cagnon or the music playing at Heights Stadium over on Marshall Avenue where I grew up. You could probably hear it over in Lounsville. Um, 
And so that's that's really that's really one thing that I've loved, and I'm excited at the possibilities of uh, us being able to get a new press box here very soon. And, and um, I'm definitely going to be making plans to uh, to contribute to that because I want I want there to be a part of that to be able to honor my dad and everything that he's done um, with PA and just announcing because he did football, he did he did any kind of announcing, he did baseball too over it um, when it used to be played at Hyde Stadium. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a really fun ride. Friday nights mean everything to me. I take it very, very personally. Um, and I've gotten to pass that along now to my daughter. My daughter comes on Thursday night. She helps me spot. Um, she hasn't gotten control of the music yet, which that could happen. But you know, right now she's just got one job, but she's done a good job spotting. So she's helped me the last two years with JV football. So trying to keep that Collins legacy in the press box as live as long as I can um, even though she's not in Abbeville County Schools um, she's, she's an Abbeville Panther fan and she's she's gotten to appreciate a little bit of that history but you know when that press box um, does finally um, meet its meet its last days um, you know there's going to be a lot of memories that are going to be going down with it um, a lot of great times a lot of great laughter and I'm sure I can come back and, and recollect with some people about it when it happens down the road. But, um, you know, that press box has had a lot of great memories, a lot of friendships, a lot of conversations, a lot of yelling, a lot of yelling at officials, a lot of yelling at people in the press box. Um, I think it's been stomped on a few times in the ceiling. Um, but that press box has been another home for me. And so when I say that I take my Friday football very seriously, not only as a football fan going to watch Abbeville Panther football and being able to help out in what any way I can. Now when I'm up there, I'm you know I'm I'm doing other things as well. I'm I'm keeping tabs on our social media. We run our Twitter account, which has a huge following, and then our Facebook page has a huge following. So we're just trying to keep the brand of Abbeville Panther football out there as big as we can and. You know, when you got guys like C.J. Spiller tweeting at you and things like that, man, it just makes you feel really good about what you're doing to promote these these young people, these guys that are out there working hard. And a lot of my guys who have gone on to play ball in college, and um, you know, it's just exciting. It's it's really exciting. So I take Fridays very personal, and when I get there, I get there purposely early, like my dad always did. I get there early. I want to get in. I want to get everything plugged up. I want to do that mic check, make sure the mic is good. I want to go down there and flip that switch on the scoreboard when I can. I want to uh, I want to just get the feeling of Heights Stadium uh, before a game because the last few years that that's been my one of my oasis that I've been able to enjoy. And so to have that time just to sit in the press box, think about the game, but also think about all the memories that we've had in that press box. And, you know, when I think about Keith Hall, I think about all the times he would make us laugh and he would um, have some kind of crazy stories or he would wear his Brett Favre Green Bay Packer jersey or he would argue with, with, with Johnson Reams about a call on the field or, you know... Um, Tony, Tony was just a great guy. He was very sweet and nice, and he'd get all fired up. And I remember he'd get mad if he broke his pencil while he was keeping stats and stuff. And, um, you know, uh, Charles Goodwin's been up there with us, and he's, you know, he's had, 
he's had a couple of sons come through there and be a part of teams and he's been able to to be a witness to that and have a grandson be there and being a part of these state championships it's been good to see that kind of joy through him and you know he's just he's just doing the scoreboard but again it's just he's part of the family uh johnson reams has been up there a lot with uh helping out with the clock and stuff and and uh, Johnson's always very, very, very opinionated. But Johnson's been my lifelong neighbor and friend, and uh, we, we we have a lot of laughs. It's some of the best laughs that we have in the press box is when I start playing certain songs because then there'll be some kind of talk about the year the song came out, and somebody went to the skating rink to it, and it's just it's good stuff, man. And it's it's like therapy for me. I, I love having that interaction. I'm I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit deprived of a lot of that interaction because of the COVID and having to readjust things and, you know, Benji and Wayne not being able to be up there with us. But again, I think this is just going to be a one year thing and hopefully we get this new press box built here real soon. And, um, you know, we can get all the family back in there together and, uh, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be good times. And, and again, a lot more memories to be made, but, uh, that press box, when you walk into Hyatt Stadium tonight or any other time, when you go past that press box, if you look up to the press box, if you get mad at something that's come from the press box, whether the music's too loud or you heard somebody laughing or saying something when the mic was still on or um, you hear somebody shouting from the top, um, just know that that, that place is a, it's a house of memories. And um, I never will, never will be ungrateful for all the many times and memories I've had there. Uh, obviously, like I said, the radio memories with me and Wayne, the opportunities to announce, and um, you know, and we've done other games and stuff. Actually, another story about that press box too that really stands out. I proposed to my wife Crystal there uh, in front of one of the largest crowds <laughs> in Height Stadium, and there's an opening game against '96, and uh, there might have been 2,000 people in that stadium. And I, I remember my dad was on the mic announcing, and he allowed me to to do that during the halftime, and um, that was a really really great memory because Crystal had no idea that I was doing that, and I told her I said this was my only way. You know, there's there's all these people that are out there right now and do all these crazy ways of proposing and they do the videos and stuff, and and that's my only regret. We didn't have the the cell phone video exposure back then, and we could have done it a little bit, you know, maybe, but. Um, I never will forget that moment of proposing to her, and she she really really couldn't say anything. And I stuck the microphone in her face, and I said, I started shaking my head, like say yes, say yes, and she said yes, and everybody got excited, and it was a big applause, and that was probably one of my favorite memories too. Um, can't leave that one out. But anyway, um, hopefully, if you sit, took the time to listen to this, whether it be the today or some other time, thank you for listening to the LW podcast again, and again, just. Just sharing some stories, stories from my my life, my experiences with Abbeville Panther football and Friday nights, and, and why Friday nights mean so much to me, especially Friday night home games. They they mean everything to me, um, you know. And so that was one of the biggest things that I was, <laughs> you know, call it crazy, call it selfish, call it misguided, but that was one of the things that I was hoping that was not taken away. And even though we haven't had many games in there. Uh, I've been so thankful that we've been able to be in that stadium. And I've been thankful for able to be in that press box and create new memories. And so, you know, it's it's been exciting. Uh, and Panthers undefeated. Got a big game tonight against Christchurch. And uh, we're going to pump it up loud and we're going to play it loud. And uh, it's going to be awesome. So 
hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, I ta- I'm going to tag some folks in here and hopefully it'll bless you. Just some great memories. Again, you know, I, my dad was responsible for me getting up there. Keith and Tony, they, uh, they helped kind of keep me grounded and humbled. Wayne, give me an opportunity to, uh, to paint many pictures, um, for, for 18 years. Uh, and I'll be forever grateful for that. And uh, thankful for the opportunity now. Thank you to um, Tad DeBose and Maggie Jameson for trusting me and making sure we get things rolling with our sound system and announcements and all things in between. And so, uh, again, very thankful. So I'm excited. It's Friday. It's football time. And, and hope we have a good turnout tonight at Heights Stadium. Hey, don't forget, LWE Podcast. There's all kind of great interviews on here. If you like Panther football, make sure you go on my page and check out the interviews I had. I interviewed Keenan Gilchrist, Reggie Thomas, um, talked to Doobie Dubose. I talked to a lot of former players, uh, Rio Grant from the 1996 team. Go check them out. I've had interviews with Benji Greeson. Um, I'm going to do one with Wayne Stevenson here very soon. We're going to have to get that lined up. and We can, we can share some of those great radio memories that we had in the press box. But um, hope you guys will tune in and listen to some of the more episodes and pass this along. Share it along. If, if you got people out there who've grown up with Abbeville Panther football and Heights Stadium and, and, and just the memories there, maybe you'll enjoy listening to that. Pass that along to them as well. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. God bless you.